Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Two here on the Sports Complex on a Tuesday afternoon. Rangers took care of business early. Get the win against the Rays, who did not look like they were ready for playoff baseball. Four errors in that game. Just compiling mistakes. Compiling mistakes is what uh, the Rays did in that game. But the Rangers move a game closer to getting on to the uh, ALDS. That'll be coming up this weekend. You know, I don't believe they're set to play the Astros, so, you know, we're going to have to wait, and hopefully the ALDS will play out, and then we'll get an ALCS of Rangers, Astros, and who would not love to watch that series? It'll be a blast, but we're going to watch that. Uh, in the other AL series, the AL uh, wildcard series, Minnesota right now up 3-1 to one on Toronto. Uh, everybody kind of thought that Minnesota was going to get uh, blown out in this, or that Minnesota couldn't win in a postseason series, that their division was the worst, and, and I mean, you know, that was kind of the thought. Toronto, though, has suffered a little bit down the stretch, not getting it done right now. Uh, I believe we're in the in the eighth or the sixth. I can't see that far. Getting too old. But uh, we'll get back to your text, 512-447-3776. We're asking you, uh, who is the most hated player? Who is your most hated player in the Texas OU rivalry? Uh, we're also, if you got anything you want to talk about in the Texas OU game, we're going to start talking about that, play some more audio from Sark. Uh, get us ready for Texas OU. If you got any NFL talk as well, 512-447-3776. You guys drive the show. We just try and keep it on the rails here on the sports complex. So everything you send into us, we appreciate. We did. I do get a text from, from Scarlett, a good listener, Scarlett, uh, who texted. We were asking yesterday about a new nickname because Red River Rivalry is no fun. You can't say it drunk, you know, and drunk is the best way to be after a Red River Rivalry game. Uh, it was a Red River shootout, but I didn't really care for that much either. But that's what it was, and they said you can't do that. Uh, we like the the Craig Wade coined straight, State Fair Street Fight. That one's the best one, but it's still kind of a mouthful. And I said my favorite uh, rivalry game name is Bedlam. It's just one word. Everybody knows what it is. It fits, and it works. But I don't know if we could ever do that because, you know, you got to kind of reset it, and I don't know if you can do that in 2023. All the one words may be gone. We have to make up a word is what we may have to do. Uh, but I do like Scarlett. Has, has, has clearly been work doing her homework. She goes out. Okay, hear me out. Mailstorm. I believe that's how you pronounce it. M-A-E-L-S-T-O-R-M. Mailstorm is what I'm going to go with. A violent whirlpool that sucks in everything. Sucks everything in. It deals with water. The Red River. It def- it's definitely violent. Texas OU. And it definitely sucks us all in. Uh, I like it. I like the work. I don't know if Mailstorm is going to work. It's also the spelling of it may be a problem. We got to make, but I'm Bedlam. I don't know if anybody knows that there's an H in it. So <laughs> I don't know, but I love it. I love that you're doing homework and you're trying on this. I think we may have to make up a word 
That's what I feel is going to have to happen. We're going to have to make up one word that sums it all up. Get rid of Red River. I don't. I, I don't think any of us care about the like. That's. I don't think is the defining defining point of this rivalry. But I like it. I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of that, Scarlet. Good work. Uh, we are asking you uh, who is your most hated player. Oh, is it Maelstrom? Maelstrom. Okay. That's okay. Maelstrom sounds. A little, I, I was all right. I yeah. I I like it. I like it. I don't know if it's going to catch on, but I'm with you on this. I like it. We were asking you for your uh, most hated players as well. Uh, where to even start with the list is we have a text or where to even start in this r- ridiculous who list. Uh, Kyler Murray, Roy Williams, Baker Mayfield are a broils uh, are all one. Yeah. Quinn Griffin, a lot, six touchdowns uh, in the 2000 game. Everybody is not a fan of that. Baker Mayfield getting a lot of hate. Uh, Roy Williams jumping over the line and knocking down our quarterback. Not a fan of that. Adrian Peterson getting some. He was going to go to Texas and then, oh, you blew out Texas like 55 to something and called the coach and said, I can't play for y'all and, and I have to play for uh, the OU for the bag because he was getting paid more. And, and, and you know what? We paid pretty well. Not saying we paid, but we paid pretty well. Bob Stoops, another one. General Booty, third string QB with a great name. I believe he does endorse underwear now, too. But OU still does suck. I agree with you, Lucas. Uh, Miguel from the 6-4. I hated Blake Bell. Screw that guy. Yeah, we all did. He was on Thursday Night Football for the Chiefs. I was not thrilled that he is still in the NFL. Sam Bradford. We haven't had said Sam Bradford in this list. Jason White from Stein. Another one in there. The senior citizen always torched us. Agree. Definitely hate Baker more than Kyler. Don't, just don't miss an opportunity to call Kyler a little B-word. Uh... I could see Baker Mayfield making one of those friendly wagers with an NFL teammate where you have to wear the rival school's gear and then uh, then backing out and refusing to doing it after losing it. Uh, I could see that as well. I don't think he would. Uh, I don't think he'd make the deal. I don't think he. W- I think he would make the deal with somebody who was like on a team that he really thought OU would be, like SMU. If SMU had a guy in, he would have been like, "Oh yeah, I'll make that deal." Texas OU. I don't think he'd do it, and he would try and say it was because he was too good for Texas. Chief Engineer. With some good jokes here. we uh, You know what? We're going to have to do on Thursday show. Wednesday or Thursday. We may do it tomorrow. We may do it tomorrow. We may try and put together some good jokes for Texas OU. So the toothbrush was invented by an Oklahoma Sumer, Sooner. Anywhere else, it would have been called a teeth brush. What do they call a crime ring in Norman? A huddle? I can't do, we're the book of horns. I can't do crime jokes with OU. I know that we're, we're cleaner now, but I, I still... Know why you why OU uses artificial turf on their football field to keep their keep their cheerleaders from grazing? I like that one. Why does OU use artificial turf to keep their cheerleaders from grazing? That's a good one. I like that one, Chief Engineer. Uh, Layman and Roy Williams most hated Superman over the line on Sims, of course. Uh, that is a big one. Uh, let's get into some though, but we're going to keep going on with those. We will keep going on with those. Uh, outside of Dil- uh, my man Jello Cat asks, outside of Dylan Gabriel, which players on the other side of the ball are you most concerned about for OU or position group? And, and the reality is, you're more concerned about this Brent Venables defense. So I know if you're asking about on the offensive end, uh, I'm not particularly worried. Uh, I think Dylan Gabriel getting the ball out and if he can move around, that's kind of where it most is. I'd have to look more into it as we get on this week. I will tell you an answer here in a little bit, but I don't want to speak out of school. I would say that. 
defensively is more what you're worried about. I think you're much more worried about uh, the edges on this defensive line being able to get in and start to pressure Quinn Ewers and make him make mistakes. Once we start getting to OU talk, though, let's listen to what Sark had to say uh, to start getting us ready for some Texas OU talk. Um, as far as this game, you know, um, you know, Red River rivalry. Uh, it's why we, it's why we're in college football, right? To to be part, be part of games like this. Um, two undefeated teams, two top twenty-five teams. Um, you know, the the spotlight of college football will be on us. Um, I think that. Uh, the beauty for us, this will be our third top 25 matchup now uh, in six games. Uh, and every team we've played has got a winning record and is doing good things. So I think that we've been exposed um, to some high-level football now through five weeks. Um, and, and naturally, we understand uh, the emotions that will come with this game and different things. Um, I think it's critical for us that we have a great week of preparation, uh, that we take it one day at a time, uh, and then we go with the mindset to, to execute on Saturday. Um, and, you know, emotions will run naturally as they do in games like this. You know, the key to the drill is that, that we execute at a high, high level. So great deal of respect for, for uh, OU. Coach Venables has done a tremendous job going into year two. Um, you know, the quarterback, Gabriel's playing at a very high level. They've got an explosive unit. Uh, he distributes the ball beautifully, um, whether it's RPOs, advantage throws, shot plays, uh, things of that nature. So, uh, And then defensively, you know, they have an influx of transfers. I think they have nine transfers on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of which are on the front. Um, so I think they've naturally upgraded there. And, and Coach Venables, you know, he's been doing it a long time. He's one of the best in the business. Business uh, at game planning and getting his defenses ready to play. So we know uh, it's going to be a great challenge. <clears throat> We're looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing our fans in in Dallas. Uh, for in my opinion, the best setting in college football. This is going to be an awesome environment, and we're very fortunate and humbled to uh, to be part of the game. Yeah, that's uh, it is going to be a it's a challenge that Texas has not faced this season. I know you faced Alabama early, but Alabama felt like a game that you go into a little bit looser. And Alabama felt like a game that you could, you could kind of, you went into that and coming out of the game, you didn't feel like, oh, if we lose this, this is going to be a big shot to the team. You could go in there and play well. You really wanted to win it. You came into trying to win it, but I feel they were a little bit looser and you may get a little tighter as you get into this OU week because this te- this game, when you're 5-0, and when everything's going your way, when you feel like you're a better team. Than this OU team, you brought up the good point, Joe. Which other player other than Dylan Gabriel? And Dylan Gabriel, even you're saying we could we play guys, we can go against you, and you know to pull all that back, to say okay, don't get too tight in this game, and and then realize how much is on the line, and this is you know th- that there's smooth sailing afterwards, which there isn't. They're all traps, and you know all that, but you know to say. You have to be able to focus so hard on this game to be able to be ready for it, to pull yourself back from thinking that you, you've got it unlocked, that you need to be able to come out and, and perform at that level, but then also realize that you still need to be loose. That's going to be the, pro- the challenge for this Texas team. You have to worry about making sure that you're on task to go against playing, Alabama, uh, to go against playing Oklahoma. This is a very different team from last year. You know, we didn't have Dylan Gabriel in the matchup when we played him last year. The defense has a bunch of transfers coming in off of it. You know this is a different team, and you know that the matchup is going to matter to these guys a lot. Now, the good part about the transfer portal is that a lot of these guys on the defense, I don't think are going to have the same built-in rivalry 
that some of the other guys would have. Like in old school gays, you were recruited, you wanted to go to this school, you get recruited, and you start drinking that, you know, you're starting to be indoctrinated from, you know, while you're still in high school. You're wearing the shirts around and you're ready to go, and that's your team. That's where you want to, you know, this is it. And so those rivalry games matter. And then by the time you get there, by the time you're on the field, you've probably seen two or three rivalry games, and you want to go out there and make your mark. When you start bringing transfers on this defensive end for Oklahoma, some of these guys, you know, they've, you know, maybe they've never even watched a Texas OU game, or if they have, they watch film of it clearly from last year. But, the, you know, I, mean, they've, I don't think they've been there and felt the environment of a Texas OU game. I don't know if they know all of that. So walking into that game, it's a rivalry game. Sure, you want to win the game, you're 5-0 and Oklahoma. But that extra part where people are a little bit more worried that this is a rivalry game, so, you know, it comes out and it's going to come down to who wants it more. I think partly with this defense – it, I don't know if it's going to have that same weight. Now, there's guys on that offense. Dylan Gabriel's been there. The fact he couldn't play last year is going to make him want to come out. We know that they have Drake Stoops on this team. We we are f- fully aware that Bob Stoops' kid is going to is wants to come out there to play. He's going to want to go. So there's there's you know there's guys that are going to make this about a rivalry. But it's just an interesting factor that when you talk about how many. Do, you know, transfers they have, guys that maybe hadn't been on this team for, for too long. You know, anybody who wasn't on this team last year, you know, they got blown out. You know, you lose a little something on that. So uh, something to watch for. But anybody who was on this team last year, 49-0, to is going to know that they want to do anything to get that one back on Texas. You're going to have to be able to do that. And uh, it was funny because Stark was asked this week about embracing the hate against OU because all year he said, you know, we kind of got to embrace the hate of – of teams coming after us and and you know at, you know that they're not happy that we're leaving the Big 12 and nobody wants us to be here and everybody hates us right now so we have to embrace the hate is what everybody's going with but it's Texas OU so the hate's always been there and we're both going to the SEC so the other hate that leaving for the SEC hate is gone with OU we're fine with them on that we're we're buddy buddy with them on that but the embrace the hate on the other side that is Texas OU he was asked if this is a different embrace the hate feeling when you try and go John Wick embrace the hate, but then you're playing your rival who's also going to the SEC. It's an interesting, the whole matchup and everything in the rivalry of this in the new era of conference realignment and the new era of transfer portal and NIL, it just seems so different than what we kind of all grew up with and are used to. Here's Sark talking about embracing the hate with OU differently than embracing the hate with the rest of college football. I don't know. We embrace it because they're supposed to hate us. I don't know. Um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, sorry, uh, at the end of the day, this is uh, it's a great rivalry, right? And I, I don't think there's a whole lot of love lost between the fan bases, between the ex-players, the ex-coaches. Um, there's a lot of crossover on both rosters of players that have played together in high school or against each other in high school. The coaching staffs have competed against each other, maybe not at these two institutions, but at different places. So um, in the end, you know, it, it is what it is. We're, we're trying to compete for a Big 12 championship, and so are they. And so it's going to take our best effort, uh, not only physically, but I think mentally to be sharp Saturday. And that's kind of what I'm talking about, that mentally being sharp in a season where you kind of built this whole, you know, the whole narrative of, you know, we're going up against everybody, but we need to be ourselves and we need to go up against it. And then to shift kind of abruptly of this isn't, 
you against Warwick because now those are your partners in crime in OU, but you also hate them. It's a rivalry week, and you're going to play in a neutral location, and the fans are going to be going. It's just a weird kind of year for it with the conference realignment. Now, Texas has a very experienced team right now. They have the the factor. I think they have the, the benefit in who is the more experienced team out of the two. I think they have the maturity. I think they are ready to go in that level because they've been there, because they've done that, and what they've shown this season. What we talked about of seeing the, the players on the sideline getting into other players, seeing the players wanting to go out and get into other practices and starting to, starting to work harder and, and really trying to build that. The players only meeting after Alabama, which people questioned, but it ends up being a great thing, the players only meeting after Alabama. It ends up helping this Texas team because – it, it ends up getting them in the right space of mind to where they needed to be to compete following the following two weeks. And they've come out and done gangbusters uh, in the two opening weeks of, of Big 12. So that, you know, we can say in Wyoming there was some extenuating circumstances of, you know, not knowing some of the players that were going to be in there. And maybe there was a little hangover of the Alabama game. But they were able to get through that and then play look really good for two straight weeks. I see Kerry from Georgetown saying, that this is a team that hasn't played a real quarterback yet. You've played real quarterbacks. You haven't played a starting top-tier quarterback. Uh, Dylan Gabriel is a different level, but you've played against real quarterbacks. And as much as people want to keep saying that Milrow is not a starting quarterback, Milrow would start on probably six or seven teams in the Big 12. It's just at Alabama, you are expected to see a top-five pick quarterback. You're expecting to see a first-round pick quarterback at, at Alabama. So when we all say Milrow's not a great quarterback, we're not saying that Milrow isn't a starting quarterback on a lot of teams in college football. Because he is. Because what he can do with his legs. Because what he can throw the ball in the deep ball. But when you're in Alabama, you expect to have a Heisman tra- Trophy candidate quarterback. And he's not that. But Jalen Milrow, would he go to OU? They would recruit him at OU? Of course they would. Because you would just use him in a different way. And the fact that that Tommy Reese didn't want to run Milrow more than he did, that you can look at and say we haven't played a coaching staff that has utilized a quarterback. But to say Texas has not played a good quarterback because Milrow, we kind of talked down Milrow because he's not a Heisman candidate quarterback. He's still a good quarterback. He's Dylan Dylan Gabriel's not a Heisman candidate quarterback either. So I'm not saying I, you know, I I get it. I get that you can say, you know, without playing Jalen Daniels. That it isn't there, but at the same point, I I I, it's, I think it's a misnomer to say they haven't played anybody at quarterback. I, I think that's a misnomer. Uh, I do want to talk about the maturity of the team. Sark talked about the maturity of the team because that is going to be a huge factor when you talk about getting this team ready to go to Dallas to have an 11 a.m. tip or 11 a.m. kick, which they haven't had in a while because they've been playing well. You know, this is an awkward season for Texas that we're used to having those 11 a.m. kicks. They started to put them on at better time slots, but it's XOU, so you're going to play at 11 a.m., getting you ready, getting you pumped up in the morning to bring that energy at 11 a.m., to bring that energy in the second half, all of those things. Here's start talking about the maturity of this Texas team. Well, I think it's huge. You know, you got to remember, I have a bunch of guys in that locker room that were that were on the sideline when, when, we, when we lost a 20-something point lead two years ago, right, in a, in a very tough loss. And then a bunch of guys in that locker room that won a big game last year. So they felt the lowest of the lows in this game. They felt the highest of the highs, right? 
and and so I think they understand the value of of you know keeping our composure, keeping our poise, play the next play, play four quarters of football because that's what this game requires. Uh, this game is not about what happens in the first quarter. It's going to be about how we play for four quarters and the consistency in which we do it. And I think our veteran leadership understands that. These guys have been through this battle before. And um, – that they they're, they have to take that workmanlike attitude every single day, so that the younger players can understand that. You know, young players when they get in rivalry games, they're about the emotion, right? And we want to try to reduce some of that, and we want to focus on the execution. And that's where Texas has been at their best on the road. We know, you know, they did pretty well in the Big Twelve against Kansas. They did, but on the road, they've been pretty good about penalties. They've been pretty good about keeping it, you know keeping it in in between the lines and keeping it where they need to be and, and not getting ahead of themselves in any of these games. I If you look at what they did at Alabama, what they're able to do when you go to a hostile Baylor environment that really doesn't want you to quiet, kind of quiet down this crowd, you want to be able to quiet down the crowd when you go to, to Dallas, when you go to the Cotton Bowl. You want to be able to quiet down the crowd. And that's where I think it's going to be big for Texas to kind of get a, a faster start than they have been in a lot of these games you want them to be able to get a fast enough start that they're able to kind of push back on this 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 Oklahoma fan base a little bit, get themselves that little bit of breathing room, and be able to coast a little bit more. Now, you don't want to coast-coast, but you know what I mean. You want to be able to get that, first, that early score in there and not do what you have been doing, which is going out and allowing an early score to the other team and then putting one back up because this is not a team – that you're going to be as easily able to do that against. Because that's one thing we talk about Baylor or Kansas. Not so much that it's just a quarterback. It's that you there's more to be said of what this team can do once they run with a lead. That this Oklahoma team is used to going with a the lead. They're used to running with a lead. So if you give them three or seven points early on and you think, oh, well, we'll come back, though. We'll give them a quick seven and we'll put up 14 and then we're up 14-0 and then we'll just kind of run with it. This is not a team that you can do that against. So you're going to have to worry about that. We're going to take a break. Before we do, I want to remind everybody, 512-447-3776. Let's read some more of these before we go to break. How about that? Uh, we're asking you, who is the most hated player for the for your most hated player for Texas OU? Who is your most hated player in that rivalry? We're also getting you, if you have a new name for the uh, for the rivalry, the Red River rivalry, you guys got the Red River Showdown or Showdown and can't say that word and State for, State Fair Showdown, all those. I Look, I get it. I, I like them, but I, I'm trying to make it more compact, make it a little bit more compact. I like that you're going for it because Red River Rivalry works if we're going to go with something that's kind of a mouthful already. I'm trying to make it quicker. Uh, Scarlet came out with Maelstrom. He's the one. A violent storm sucks up everything around it. But if it sucks, it's kind of OU's territory. That's the one problem I have with the Scarlet. If it sucks, if the, if the Maelstrom sucks, that's kind of OU's territory. Because Texas doesn't suck. 625 and OU still sucks. Texas doesn't. Mike, Leach fake pay, Mike Leach's fake playbook? That, that's one. I'll give you that one. That is a pretty hate. That's a, that's a one that no one appreciates. Tom Herman really doesn't like that one. How has nobody said Switzer yet? Yeah, Barry Switzer, another one. And look, Barry Switzer is a special one because you may hate him as a Cowboys fan too. Border War should be the name. Maybe a little politically decisive in this era. Uh, Bosworth, 
Uh, Waterloo is what, what we had earlier. I like from TJ Horn. Waterloo. I, I still like that one a little bit. I don't know if we can pull it off. I still think we need a makeup award. Need someone who's who's creative out there on our text line to make me up a word for this rivalry. It's one word, maybe two or three syllables. Don't make it too big. You got a word? I like that. If you can be that creative. Let's see. Brennan Thompson has a big game. He jumps near the top of that list. Very rare to see a transfer between these two teams. I agree. If Brennan Thompson comes out and has a big game, I don't necessarily see that happening. Uh, I think there's a reason why Brennan Thompson wasn't getting a ton of reps here. I know they're going to try and stick him out there. He has two receptions this year for 62 yards, so they're going to try and run him over the top. I don't know if Brennan Thompson's going to be the guy that we necessarily think is going to kill us. I think they have four receivers that are I'm a, a lot more worried about than Brennan Thompson. But I agree, if he comes out and has a big game against Texas, even if he scores a touchdown, he's going to be big on that list. I like that one. That's a solid one. Sam Bradford. I think a lot of people would agree Colt was a better QB, and that was his Heisman Trophy. Yes, I, yeah. If we want to go into high stealing Heisman Trophy, Sam Bradford is up on that one, and everybody knows Colt was better than Sam Bradford. We all know that. We all know. That. And you know who would agree with you? The St. Louis Rams and their fans drafted Sam Bradford, paid him that last big contract before they re before they redid the rules in the NFL. We're going to take a break. We come back. More text from you guys, 512-447-3776. And some good audio from e, uh, from me and Rod B. Hook them up this morning that I want to play for you guys before we get out of here. All of that coming up on the Sports Complex right here on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn, playing some hate music for you. This doesn't sound like hate music, does it? Solid hate music, though. It's Prince, I Hate You. You can guess how that's spelled. It's Prince era. It's gold gold music, the uh, gold experience era of Prince. You can guess. That is spelled I like an I, like a a seeing device, and just the letter U. But a great song, I Hate You by Prince. You know, anytime you get to play Prince on one of these playlists, I'm always happy to do it. 
Uh, we're going to your text line, 512-447-3776. But if you've got any other hate songs that I need to play this week, we got a couple more days of songs that we're going to play. If you got if you got a hate song that you play against, like if you especially if you give me a story of why it's your hate song, I might play it this week. I like that. You know, I just play whatever we want to play that, you know, get us in the mood for a Texas OU weekend. We're asking you guys, uh, who is your most hate-painted player in the Texas OU rivalry as well? We're asking that. You guys have been killing it. We get a lot of Sam Bradfords are up there now. Baker Mayfield's killing it up there. May, I think Baker Mayfield may be in the lead. Quinn Griffin's up there for sure. Uh, Quinn Griffin and 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 Sam and uh, Baker Mayfield are kind of up there in the lead. Baker uh, Bob Stoops is up there a lot. I'm betting there is one Sooner player that your listeners don't hate. That's a two-time Sooner and All-American stu- uh, All-American that your stadium is named after. Makes me smile every time an announcer says it out loud. Must hurt when UT when the place UT calls home is named for a guy who was on the other side of the lane for the first three times he went to the Cotton Bowl. Boomer Sooner. Hey, for you, man, I met Daryl Royal uh, and Edith Royal. They're amazing. Daryl Royal was one of the greatest men to ever live. Uh, I was a huge fan of him, and I get it. This is all college football. Let's let's put, let me put a disclaimer on this for myself. When we talk about this, this is all in good fun. You know, I don't really hate all these guys. And I I mean, in the moment I do, but uh, I don't wish ill will on anybody over sports. I try not to. So I, I get it. But I, yeah, Daryl Royal was great. I mean, he won his national championships. You got to love Daryl Royal. He was a Sooner. He played. He was a punter over there, I believe. So I, I, I get it that he's up there. And, and Boomer Sooner for you to, uh, for, uh, for you to, you know, text in. I appreciate you listening. We're going to win. We're going to, you know, we'll see how you feel on, on uh, Sunday or Saturday Saturday afternoon. Still think Texas is going to win this game. But, uh, yeah, no, I, there, he is. I will tell you, there's, and there's a lot of boomer uh, uh, of players that we don't like. Spencer Rattler, the only reason we don't like Spencer Rattler was because he was so bad he got kicked out of the game and Caleb Williams came back. That's the only reason. Uh, Coach Rodney from Rosebud Lot says, I despise Kyler Murray, never liked that kid. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kyler Murray is one of those guys. I feel he's more hated. I, I disliked him more once he went to the NFL. I don't know if I had that same. I don't know. I don't know why I don't feel like I had that when he was at OU. I probably did, but I don't know why. Milrow was committed to Texas. Will we be saying the same thing if it's our quarterback? That's my point. Is Jalen Milrow was supposed to be here? Jalen Milrow is like he is not a he's not a nobody quarterback. He just hasn't been, you know, and if they ran him more, Tommy Reese ran him more, they, the game may have changed. They may have picked up some more first downs. I think that was much more a Tommy Reese coaching thing because Nick Saban has his plan and he wants to throw the ball. He doesn't want to have a running quarterback, much like Sark doesn't. But Sark is now allowing uh, Quinn Ewers to move the ball, which is a huge different thing. Chan, bring your lunch pail, Texas. Texas fights. Uh, yeah, I look. And Dylan G is the best seasoned quarterback that Texas D shall face. Yes, he he's the most experienced quarterback uh, of a guy, you know, because we didn't play uh, what's the Peabody that we were supposed to play for for Will- Wyoming, which would have been more experienced because he was a fifth year senior, so he would have been a guy, but he didn't play in that game, so you know we can't say that. When Dylan Gabriel is, I'm not saying he's not a bad quarterback. I think Dylan Gabriel is a really good quarterback. He may be the best quarterback we've played. I'm just saying we haven't played no quarterbacks whatsoever. I think we've played better players than OU has played. Let's let's go there. I think OU has has no experience going against a good team so far this season. Texas is by far the best team they have played, and and probably the best at every single position they've played. 
Uh, no, another name, a one-word name. Pandemo- uh, pandemonium. I like it. I like pandemonium. The Triple R, the Red River Riot, the I Hate You Showdown. <laughs> mayhem, mayhem. I like all these names. I just, I don't know if they're us yet. I got to find it. I don't know. I don't know. We got to find it. We got to find it. I do want to play a clip for you right now. We're going to come back to your text. 512-447-3776. You want to text in. We're getting to the end of the show. So it's so it's open 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 world. You can send in whatever you want to send. We'll try and talk back and answer you and, and do whatever you can before we get out of here. But I do want to play you uh, a clip from Ian Robbie from Hook'em Up. Uh, one of the things a lot of people are worried about, that Texas is probably their, the most glaring thing that everybody can point out, is that Texas allowed too many passes over the top for big plays or for touchdowns. And uh, Rod has kind of an idea of how Texas can stop that and slow that down. Here's uh, Rod Babers, Aaron Hogan from uh, Hook'em Up this morning. airs every morning, 6 to 11 a.m. right here on the Horn. Here's uh, Rod Babers talking about how Texas has an opportunity or a chance to slow down OU from going over the top. Longhorn fans are concerned about Texas defending the deep ball versus Oklahoma, and they should be. Uh, Texas hasn't necessarily had any systemic weakness on defense, but one of the things that's had some minimal success um, in multiple games versus the Texas defense would be the deep ball. Now, I guess you could extrapolate and say, well, Texas, they played backup quarterbacks for three straight games, (laughs) so they probably shouldn't be giving up deep balls uh, to anybody, and if they end up playing a really good quarterback, could that good quarterback exploit Texas on those vertical shots downfield? Jalen Murrow had a really good deep ball. It was actually one of the best parts of his uh, skill set as a passer. And it was a nice deep ball. Drop placement was good. Um, and it was a pretty deep ball. And he threw really well against Texas. Uh, Bama was 4 of 7 on passes 20 yards or more down the field, including a touchdown on one of those deep balls. And uh, Sawyer Robinson was an, a below-average quarterback, to say the least, to be nice. Uh, he actually had, he was two of seven on those deep shots down the field. So Texas basically is allowing a third of their deep shots to be completed down the field, which is not terrible. That's not necessarily bad. And as I said, it's not a systemic issue, but the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams, Cardi B, Sass, Megan the Stallion, size, but is they haven't really faced a good quarterback yet. And Dylan Gabriel is a good quarterback. Uh, they always say that if you're a good quarterback, a decent quarterback, you're supposed to, at a distance, be able to hit a house. But some of them are, are really good. They can hit the door from a distance. And there are some quarterbacks so elite accuracy-wise, they can actually hit the knob from a distance. Dylan Gabriel is a hit-the-knob kind of guy. He is really accurate with the football. But he, as Taylor uh, mentioned, Taylor McCarg mentioned, he hasn't been under a lot of duress. And Texas will put more pressure on him than he's faced all year. It's the best defense that Dylan Gabriel's faced, but this is also the best quarterback that the Texas defense has faced. So getting back to the deep ball, Texas has allowed a third of their deep balls to be completed. Dylan Gabriel's deep ball accuracy is actually one of the best in the country. I haven't compared it to others, but I imagine completing over 50% of your deep balls puts you in a rarefied air because that's that's usually the, the norm is around a third, around 33 34%. Uh, that's probably average. Just to do is closer to 60% on his passes of 20 yards or more down the field. Uh, thir- 13 or 22, averaging 24 yards per attempt. 
So for Texas in this game, that's going to be a primary concern, how they defend the deep ball. And for Dylan Gabriel, he's got some speedsters on the outside. I, I don't think they have you know an elite wide receiver, but they don't need one. All you need guys that can stretch the field. Remember, they got Brendan Thompson, and he's like – the rotational guy. He's like fourth or something in the rotation of guys, and he's a speedster. Remember, he transferred from Texas. This is a guy that ran, what was he, 10, 10 400 meters, something Track like star, that. Yeah. yeah, so they got some speed on the outside. And remember, that's where teams were attacking Texas. They would try to isolate Ryan Watts on their speedster and then just make it a track meet. That will happen again. So and teams are attacking certain positions and certain players with these vertical shots. They're attacking the Texas safeties. Um, whether it be Jaron Thompson or whether it be Michael Taft or Keaton Crawford this past weekend, and they're attacking Ryan Watts. So I do think there's a couple of things that PK can do to try to minimize the damage of any deep shots, uh, deep attacks um, by the Oklahoma offense. I think you keep your two deep safeties. All right. I would go with a too high shell look to deter a Dylan Gabriel, a veteran quarterback, from even chunking it deep. That way you can uh, safeguard yourself with umbrella coverage from those deep shots. And teams and quarterbacks usually, and based on analytics, they usually take fewer deep shots when you have deeper safeties. Now you're going to leave yourself vulnerable to the run game because you'll have to play with a lighter box if you're going to go with those two high safeties. Remember, this happened in Texas in the Kansas game. Texas played a lot more two high safeties in the first half versus Kansas. Kansas ate Texas up with that option game in the second half. The one of the big adjustments by Texas to neutralize the triple option was they just put an extra defender in the run game and they went with a lot of single high safety looks. So they can always make that adjustment. And if I'm PK, I'll make that adjustment later. But I think the deep ball could hurt you early. And if I'm Oklahoma, I'm throwing the deep ball early and often versus Texas. And I, if I was Texas, I'd want to force them to have to march the length of the field. You can play with a lighter box because your defensive line is one of the best in the country. you got the highest graded defensive tackle in the country in Tavondre Sweat. And Byron Murphy may be just as good, if not better. I would I would bank on my defensive line being able to win up front with light boxes. Oklahoma is only is averaging less than four yards per carry. They're not a dominant, formidable run game. And with Jalen Ford and your defensive line, even with just six guys in the box, doesn't mean there are six guys in the run fit. A guy like Jalen Catalan can come from 12, 13 yards away as an alley cat and precisely, with a precise angle, come down and make plays near or behind the line of scrimmage. We've already seen that. So that's one thing I would do. I'd play too high. I'd go with a light box early on because you got Jalen for and you got one of the best D lines in the country. I would also r- tighten up my rotation of safeties. They're attacking Keaton Crawford. They're attacking guys like um, you know Taft in coverage. I would keep Jalen Catalan and Jaron Thompson and maybe a young Derek Williams tighten that rotation so they're not able to exploit certain players with that D ball and. With Ryan Watts, same thing. I might, you know, play some of those younger corners, Gavin Holmes or even uh, Malik Muhammad later on in that game because early on, a lot of emotion flowing for a young player who's never experienced it. Um, but after Ryan Watts has settled down and they may go after him early on too, I probably would play some of those younger guys because Malik Muhammad has a better technique at the line of scrimmage. I think he's a better coverage guy overall, and he's a better ball hawk than Ryan Watts. So he's a higher ceiling than Ryan Watts, but right now experience can hurt you, or I should say inexperience can hurt you in this game. I love a lot of what he said there. There's Rob Babers, Aaron Ogan, talking about uh, how do you prevent the deep ball? It is something a lot of people are worried about uh, against OU. How do you prevent OU for being able to go to the top. And I think the biggest point he brought up there was OU is going to try and come out and put up some points early. 
they've seen what Texas has done and not allowing teams back into games and being able to close out games this year where this is one that you feel you need to get out and get ahead of them early enough to make it so tech, make it a dogfight all game long because if you do get behind, Texas has shown that they're able to keep up pace. So I think you I think Oklahoma's going to be trying to make that big impact early, try and, you know, land that first big punch and take Texas off of their feet. That's that seems like it's going to be a big game plan. And so I'm with with Rod. You try and put those two safeties back early. If they're going to run on you and try and go there, trust your D-line, trust your linebackers to make big plays early. If you have to switch it up, you have to switch it up. Uh, but I think you want to try and make them make, stop them from make, getting the big play. Let them run some clock. That's fine. Let them get a, a few plays. Don't let them just get a big play and a big momentum shifter and get the crowd into it and get the crowd pumped up. Make them try and go in there. Make them try and get into the red zone. And I agree with Chief Engineer. We are worried a little bit more uh, about the kicking team this, the kicking game this year. That yeah, you, you know, in the red zone, you need to score touchdowns. This may come down to a game, at least in the first half and the third quarter, where it comes down to you need to hold OU to field goals and you score touchdowns in the red zone. It could be a red zone game that you kind of have to to not allow the plays over the top. They're going to be able to get some yardage, but once this field starts to to close up and you're not able to take those deep fields down the shot down the field, you, you can't take those deep shots anymore, that Texas is going to be able to, you know, then get the pressure, then get the stop, and have them kick field goals. Now, if that's Texas, that's fine, but you need to be able to score touchdowns on the other end. So that is going to be the big case for Texas. Are they going to be able to do that? Uh, let's see what we got somewhere on the tech sign. The most hated OU player, uh, that idiot OU running back who always yells boomer sooner at every Heisman ceremony. <laughs> get him in there. Uh, but I will give him in the Texas OU rivalry. You know, I, I can get that he could be an annoying sooner for you. Uh, we get what the hate the fans have. Call it the Madhouse matchup. What about Hate Fest? The 35 throwdown. 35 throwdowns a little bit more closer. You know, Hate Fest and all that. I get it. We hate it, but a lot of people hate each other. We're just a better rivalry because we're in it. You know, we know that. We get that. I Yeah, I. I, I like it. I think we need to figure out one word. I think 35 may be in there. 35 is not bad. So we have something 35, maybe a word, and then 35 we can make it work. No one will get what that means except for us. I like that. We'll see. I, I like some of your ideas, though, guys. I appreciate it. Keep them coming. 512-447-3776. Uh, it is, it's going to be a big matchup for Texas to figure out if they can know what a game plan is going to be because this seems to be the first game that Texas has played this season. They've played a lot of games where the game plan for the other team has shifted dramatically between the morning when you're going through morning walkthrough and game time where quarterbacks are not who we thought quarterbacks were going to be and game plans have changed. Alabama, the game that they knew the game was coming into, they played pretty well. You allowed some plays over the top there in the second half uh, when you did put a safety up. And you were able to respond and get your game playing back on defense. That is what I think this game could more look like is the Alabama game. But you're better. But Alabama is better than Oklahoma. They have better players at least. And Texas is better than both of them. So this is a game Texas should be able to come through and handle. But you're going to need Texas to make the right game plan. And I think trying to protect yourself from those over-the-top passes like Rob Babers talked about is the way to go. That, for me, it makes the most sense. Uh of anything. Throw down over I-35 from Chief Engineer. I like that one. I I, I, I want to make it, but not a mouthful. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. This may be impossible 
goal that I'm going for here. I appreciate you guys all playing along with me, though. Makes it much more fun. 512-447-3776. We're going to take one last break. We come back. We'll wrap things up here on the Sports Complex. Get to any more text, 512-447-3776. Give our closing thoughts, and we'll be out uh, right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk, but I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Back in the sports complex. Wrapping things up here. On a Tuesday afternoon. I always got to remember what day it is. A lot of stuff I do behind the scenes. I work a day ahead all the time or two days ahead or three days ahead. And it uh, tends to bite me because I forget what day it is. And I wake up in the morning and I think I'm an extra day ahead and I'm not. And that's depressing because I want to be another day closer to Texas OU. I appreciate everybody playing along with me. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome on the text line trying to play along. Figure out the name. I think you're with me. We want a new name for this. Throw down on th- over 35, thunder on 35, ground 35. I like them all. We're going to get back tomorrow. Uh, maybe a little late tomorrow again. Texas Rangers playing uh, 1.30 pregame right here on the horn until they are done with the postgame. Uh, then we will be joining you if you're listening on the stream. You hear another show. Don't worry. I'm coming. I'll be here tomorrow. Don't worry. Uh, until then, though, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here tomorrow for more Texas OU Week. 655 and OU still sucks. Have a great weekend. Peace.